You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show and my other show, Enthusiasts, plus to get the latest interviews, K-pop news, album reviews, and so much more, subscribe to the show's free newsletter at 17karatkpop.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Now on to a massive round of honorable mentions. Starting more in detail, ending with just lightning fast. It gets faster and faster. Yuju and Liwoo, Happiness Index. This is so, so cute. If you want a cute, mushy-gushy, wholesome love story, Happiness Index is for you. It's so, so cute. Watch them go on a date to the toy store where the neon smiley face sign actually winks at them, which is really cute. Lots of other cute, subtle details and not so subtle, like that she's disappointed. Her boyfriend will let her get this stuffed plushie. Then later we find out it was because he already bought it for her as a surprise gift. They doodle together, ride a bike together, they go to the bakery together, and over time you watch the relationship not just stay super cute, but get more open. Like, they go from kind of shy love to fully holding hands, grinning bigger than ever, being more open about the relationship. It's really sweet. And then we watch them evolve, grow up, have a kid, and it's just a very, very cute love story life cycle that you get to see. With a couple of fun twists throughout, like when she's planning a we're having a baby reveal with balloons and stuff, suddenly mid-blowing up the balloons, he walks in, he comes home early, and she's like, oh yeah, here was the surprise. So it's just not as formulaic as you think. Nicole Mysterious She really runs the gamut fashion-wise and is full of just red velvet-esque outfits. Like so many cool red velvet style costumes from retro black and white sparkly pieces to cute heart print looks. Quite a sweet retro look. Flapper girl meets 50s girl meets 90s girl. Plus she's got scenes, some in black and white, some in color. Other interesting details that just make the video pop. Quick changing settings in different hues, different lighting changes, curtain changes, painting roses red. Visually interesting aspects. Plus the song is super catchy. Holland, number boy. Finally, after years without new music from him, and the collapse of a management deal he finally got due to COVID that got scrapped, lots of closed doors in his face because he refuses to be in the closet still, finally he gets to release another new song. And I'm just very happy for him and just happy for all the fans of his who get to see that LGBTQ plus representation. I'm just so happy for them. I will always be a proud ally. And I think he is in that whole community is so brave and unapologetic as they should be. He's really just so out there about it. He doesn't care. He's lost deals. He's struggled musically to fit in in that world. He's really been embraced by the fashion community, which I'm happy to hear for him. In part, financially, that's good too, just because he truly, like, is in a hole financially musically. Like, he had to fund his debut with two jobs, just doing two jobs as if he's not also a musician. Fashion deals have luckily helped pay off some of his debts, but it's been rough for him. So I'm just very happy that he has new music out. Go stream it, go support him, let him live his dream. And he continues to just promote acceptance and just rocks looks that also deserve appreciation just because, I mean, can you imagine coating yourself in glitter and getting it off at some point? Like, that is commitment. And I love how he put it, quote, I'm basically described as a fallen angel who people see as weird and different and they hate on me and attack me for that. But at the end of the day, I try to embrace those parts of me, endure it, and become a person who can embrace other people for their differences. And that's the goal of this video, to love people as they really are, unquote. He also shared in the interview that he is preparing new music, yes, and he found a lot of inspo when he was in Sydney for Pride. So maybe there's a an Australian-filmed project you can expect from him. Shout out to Tay Rim, who co-wrote Smoke Sprite, who helped produce this track. Number Boy is a great song just for commentary in general on society, the ways we use metrics to try to quantify value of people. Lauren, L-O-R-E-N, also keeping up the catchiness and the visual stimulation with the video for Folks, which really shows him in his element. He looks like such a rock star, never cut his blonde hair, let it grow, love it on him. And he just plays this wounded, well-dressed prince of sorts in this dark castle setting. It's quite a fiery performance that matches the angst the song theme warrants. 
The whole rock album is called Put Up a Fight. It's his first project under new management, so exciting things ahead. And I think overall just the best high-quality song is Frown, but Temporary has the best instrumental. Tan celebrated their first anniversary with East Edge. They definitely made the teasers for this content with TikTok-style vertical video viewing in mind. That's a trend I definitely think will continue. Fix You was definitely the right call for the main track. The Fix You video is so melodramatic. I love that kind of soapy stuff. And it's another catchy hit. Little Glee Monster Fanfare. Unfortunately, only 17 minutes long. But that is my special number, so we got that. It's another great example of this often acapella group. They really do a lot of cool acapella stuff. Showing off just their cool vision, their way of singing, stories. They go really well together. The new members really gel well, so I'm very excited that that's been working out. I was honestly so worried when at first a couple members left, and I heard they would have auditions for new members, but I was very preparing the worst, preparing to feel like their golden age was over. No, the new ones I really do adore. I think they sound beautiful and gel really well with the other voices. They also released a recent Spring Songs medley, so make sure you check that out for the proof they are great at acapella. But the album itself is not, and it's just very jovial, very spring-ready, party-ready. Million Miles is the most beautiful vocally. My personal favorite, though, is Wonder Lover. Gaho Diamond a great showcase of vocally what he's capable of. The piano intro is a great transition into the dramatic, serious Love Me. Then he gets into more feel-good vibes, sway-worthy vibes, Beautiful Night, Diamond. He ends with a pretty, instrumentally simple track, The Guitar-Rooted Lonely. So overall, it's kind of a melancholy release, but it's got a bit more energy in the middle. So it's kind of like a hill, it goes up and down. It's just a great showcase, more than anything, of his vocals. Kingdom. History of Kingdom, Part 6, Mujin. I love how much they are dependably unapologetic about using traditional instruments in their stories, not trying to cater to a Western sensibility. They have some great instrumentals, just for, like, background music. Intro Stigma, a flute-led intro, leads into the string orchestra swelling for this angst-ridden, movie-ready dystopia, but they add pop catchiness with ma-ma-ma, so they keep it kind of playful while it's also very serious. They also have quite a variety with Song of the Wind, which has a cool ascending structure, piano and strings. They again have a little playfulness in there with elements, which is a similar vibe to Back Down by P1 Harmony. What I think is the best for remixes, like most versatile instrumental for remixes, Love is Pain. Only one of, Soul Collection. I talked a bit about this last month because they released the Chrome Arts single, and this Japanese release is just so strong. They just work so well with those distorted instrumentals, all the synths, all the sultriness, it's all there. They know what suits them, stylistically, vocally, etc. They work so well as a team, maybe even better, with time spread out doing solos. After they released solo projects, coming back together as a group was the opposite of disjointed. It actually felt more cohesive, like they'd really hit their stride after practice runs solo. So that's cool to see. The best B-side, Candy Bomb. Craxy, crazy with an X, XX. There's quite a back and forth between rap-strong, attitude-strong, and vocally-strong songs. Like showing off just true sin-in skills and just showing off endless attitude. It's interesting, Blackout is the first song on the album, but it comes last in the highlight medley, so interesting reversal. Nugudam is quite a mega blend of genres, but if you want to go for a more just simplistic, relatively down-the-middle pop song, It's Alright is a good one. Lucid Dream is great for fans of Escape Room from Fromis 9. That is a vocal standout song. The Undercover EDM remix, definitely worth checking out. Then there is Cypher, Position, which angrily calls out bullies and has a pretty intense, intense music video to go with it. Their visuals continue to be full of impressive choreo, tons of attitude, fierce outfits, lots of fire, literally fiery performances. Speaking of fierce women, Pixie are back with Chosen Karma. 
they keep it very ominous and interesting, playing kind of dark angels. Like one of them wears a white outfit in front of this tombstone. Really cool blinking you'll miss it moments where rainbows are kind of reflected. Just very, very brief flickers of rainbow light appear amid this gray landscape. Other cool visual effects with like the choice to make the neon red lights different than just, hey, here's another video with neon lights, but structuring them so that they kind of look like wrinkled ropes or twisty snakes or something. Not your typical light shape. They also kind of flip a coin and use that as a scene transitioner, so they find unique ways to bring that visual to life. And they have their message literally set in stone at the beginning with hypocrite now face your fate written on the stone. I also love a good self-reference and they shout out their own songs with lyrics like flip a coin and call me villain. Trends. Blue set chapter, new days. Love that the new days choreo includes sign language for the word curiosity. It's also cool because the video tells a story of perseverance and basically if you're going through hell, keep going. You'll get through this tough time, better days ahead. It's kind of an anti-bullying PSA, but it doesn't sound preachy. Once again, shout out to the Paradise Diner because apparently every video has to be filmed there now. No other diner will suffice. So add that to the leaderboard of Paradise Diner cameos in K-pop. Although New Days has that kind of sad, going through something, lyric content... Sonically, it's pretty peppy. It's ironically so. Especially interesting and ironically so because of the intro for the album, which was a totally different thing. This dark, dramatic, ominous vibe for Nightmare. Also want to shout out this release just because I'm impressed. They were very hands-on this time and co-wrote the songs. Minnie and Anne-Marie, Expectations. Minnie from G-Idol, really such an underrated vocalist. Her voice is really something special, and it was cool to just see that individually get some love with this collab. I love that they did kind of go 50-50. This collab was half Minnie's story, half Anne-Marie's, with personal lyrics like, Anne-Marie talks about singing karate, which was her debut single. Minnie talks about how she used to be the girl who sang Dum Diddy, a reference to Dum Dee Dum Dee, the G-Idol song. So they both sing about their own personal journeys. They also both kind of have their own personal background in different locations, in a way that I respect because a lot of split-screen videos filmed by the artists in different locations just feel very blah and unnecessary but this actually thematically here it actually made sense for them to be performing in different places telling their different stories so they pulled that off that concept doesn't always maintain much interest but they kept it interesting and i love that they did just not seem like two separate stories completely they had that variety in the story but they also had the unity a shared common topic which was continuing to live your story without caring how others define it like hey you're stuck in your expectations can't help you with that sorry i'm past that i don't care about labels i don't care about expectations you're still lost in those i found a way out of caring. CSR Delight. A delightful girl group, which is also just an interesting group to keep your eyes on popularity-wise because they're trying something a bit different because they don't really have like the typical hierarchy based on ages of members because they're all the same age, 18. So that makes for an interesting, unique dynamic, as does their unique music video style, which shows some pop-up vibes. Pop-up book vibes, just tons of CGI, tons of color. All sorts of things start popping up and they go from scene to scene, creating their dream scenarios. It's very cute and bright and fun, as is the whole album. The album's all about youth and the first time reaching big life milestones. Lots of cute dancing, like when they squint, like the lights in their eyes are so bright. Signal is their personal fave, and I could totally see that. It's really cute. It's them talking to their past selves. So the CSR of the future is talking in that song to present-day CSR. So it's all kind of a diary of an album about this moment in their youth. Also worth noting, as I talked about in the episode called J-Pop's Past, Present, and Future, it might become more common for people to do like what Yuna did, where instead of promoting with K-Pop, then breaking into the Japanese market, you reverse it, and you actually do become popular in Japan first, then try K-Pop. And Yuna was popular in Japan before CSR, so that trend might become more normalized. So this is another example of that. 
Miyavi's wife, Melody, is teaming up with her sister, Christine, for the new group, Melody and Christine. They're doing a really cool thing. Halcyon is their debut. A beautiful song that's kind of electronic rock, soft pop rock with more electronic details than expected. It's very different from a Miyavi track. So I like that for them, although it does have Miyavi's signature guitar sound in there. That's clear. But well done. Very cool debut, and I'm happy that Melody gets to go back at it because she kind of put music on hold for years while pursuing fashion and stuff. Plus, raising kids has got to eat up some of that time you could have spent on this. So to have this special project with her sister now, I think, is just really cool. So keep your eyes on them. Tia One covered Hug by TVXQ. In a recent episode called That Was a Remake, I talked about this. Many interesting examples of songs you may have thought were just OG K-pop songs, but actually they were borrowed or interpolated, sampled, remixed, whatever, versions of other songs. So some recommendations I have today are actually not new, but I also do want to recommend some of the OG versions of remakes, because I do like the OG versions, sometimes honestly more. So here's what you gotta check out classics-wise. In terms of original versions. Honestly, Espa did what they had to do with Next Level. Like, the original version was pretty blah, just being honest. And Espa's version added so much more personality, a fun detour in the bridge, just more variety, more surprises, just overall better and fuller. I also really do love both Jordan Fisher's All About Us and what it was turned into, NCT 127's Fly Away With Me. Both have their merits. And I really did find a new favorite in Cinema Bazaar, the glam rock group who released Forever or Never, which Shiny remade. That Cinema Bazaar OG version, honestly way better and just a great entry point to that band's work. I really do like Mr. Rover by Dara, and it really wasn't changed very much at all for Kai's version. Also super similar, Devil by Alex Runo and Max Chingman. And both versions I see highlights in. Some aspects of Max's performance I love more, but some aspects of Alex Runo's voice I like more too. They're both really good versions. Kwon Jin Uh, The Flag. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Just that song really is astounding. Her voice is just so compelling and beautiful, and the songs just work so well with her voice. She just knows what musical lane will help her shine the most, and get a song to go from boring and blah to just stirring to listen to. After Night Tide, with guitar, strings, percussion, she also adds just an extra climactic feel to boost the title track, Raise Up the Flag. She goes for a more R&B vibey mood, with unexpected twists in These Days, then goes for a piano ballad, and ends with Butterfly, a lighter feel, a guitar-based number where she kind of has a more airy delivery, so you kind of go through like a roller coaster of emotions with her, up to a peak emotional climax, and then to a more chill, everything's gonna be alright, calm demeanor. Secret number, like it, like it. This is quite a mature, edgy, for them, Japanese debut. Just showing lots of attitude, and they're gambling. Somehow so much that I think they ran out of business. Like, the bartender leaves them with the keys to the place. Like, they cleared it out. They won the whole freaking casino. I guess that's why the group name is Secret Number. They found the magic code. When they're not winning at gambling, they rock that girl crush concept in these black outfits, then they have dance scenes in sparkly outfits, just top tier outfits, and just unmatched confidence. It's also interesting that they did kind of change their sound for a J-pop debut. It definitely has some of the sonic sensibilities that are more common in J-pop than K-pop, but it works for them. The busier nature, the happier, fast-paced tweaks. They really took their classic sound and changed it in a way that wasn't too much of a change to sound like it doesn't work for them. But it is a very new side of them that was exciting to see. Alala featuring your boy TJ, Bad Mouth. This song is kind of literally everything. This Thai girl group has some real bangers, but this one is especially good because it's so much in one release. There's such a variety in this song and video. Bright, bright colored outfits, very funky accessories, fun dance moves, 
fun call and response ready moments, but also some sass, some attitude, some coldness, like, hey, me and my smart mouth are only going to stick around for so long. So take advantage of this moment and pursue me already. So the attitude is there, but so is the jovial attitude. The song itself is kind of everything, not just the video, but the song has its moments of just the attitude and moments that are very K-pop-esque. The hook, the chorus, then there's the rapping, which is just not what you expect, but it works. The speed, the pacing of the song, kind of all over the place in a way that manages to be pulled off well. There's just a very unique energy to this single. That chorus is also going to get stuck in your head all day. There are so many elements of the song and video you could latch on to and pick as a favorite. Just not a dull moment and a great intro to who they are too. Definitely revisit their other singles after this. Jeff Sater, Dum Dum. Okay, I know I said it was going to be super objective and focused on the music, but I have to fangirl just for a second because truly I think Jeff Sater is one of the most beautiful men ever. Like, he is gorgeous. Just had to let that out, but he looks really, really attractive, especially in this video. Both versions, actually. There's a Thai and an English one. So it's an interesting, different approach he takes. One is more just smoldering stares with an interesting home movie footage style editing for the English version, and then there's kind of more of a plot, more of a character arc you see with his character in Dum Dum, the OG Thai version. He is just a beautiful person. His voice is beautiful too, and the song is kind of cool in how it goes with his sinister character. It's got this ominous feel to it. He has this kind of whispering delivery that you have when you're kind of an evil character. It's like a an unsettling silence, an unsettling quietness, an unsettling calm before the storm kind of attitude. So he does a great job acting with his vocal delivery just brings a character to life that I should be afraid of, but I'm just swooning over, apparently. Dust Cell, Round Trip. I love the cool, distinctive transitions between tracks on the highlight medley. That video is just a pretty cool story itself. Cool animations, as always, to go with this release, too. So the visuals just go with the anime rock really well. This album has kind of two speeds, eight times the normal speed, 10 times the normal speed. So when they slow down, their version of slowing down is like eight times the speed instead of 10 times the speed. So get ready for a wild ride. Some pretty strange in a good way, quirky instrumentals as well. Really cool instrumental only segments, especially in Antihero. And sometimes the singing is just pretty cool because it's so fast it's like rapping, but it's not. It's almost like talking really fast, just trying to get all the words in. There's just something about the delivery of this whole album era that is really cool. Dust Seller are a real standout if you want to dip your toe in the water of anime rock, anime pop type sounds. Lila Sakuda, Sketch. You may recall that name because she did the Japanese version of Love Song with TXT, and her voice sounds as beautiful as ever. There's some synth fun in Midnight Talk, folksy guitars in Circle, the string back sparkle, lively guitar-filled Tampopo, the piano back dramatic number Lens. There is just quite a variety here of instruments and a big commanding vocal presence. Yuju, oh. I've noticed two big trends this month in releases across all categories. K-pop artists this month have been focused on two main, I think, intentional strategies. Vertical video-ready TikTok-esque highlight medleys and other album preview teaser content and super short EPs like under 20 minutes long. And this UG one, slightly under 15 minutes. It is quite vast in terms of emotional depth, though, given that time length. She covers a lot in so few minutes. And I love that she has so many meanings with the album title, referring to an O and a zero, mostly just like a circle. The start of a new era, but the circle of life, the sense that you're going around in circles. It's the journey, not the destination. It's personally about her career journey as she reaches the 10th year of it, but it's also just for anyone who is a wanderer, a traveler, an ambiguous symbol on purpose that's also very personal to her. I also loved in an interview for this comeback just the way she talked about the role of music as a comfort. Not just something pleasant to listen to, but as having a very fulfilling emotional purpose. 
and she compared music to comforting her like that of a childhood friend. Like music is like a companion, which I thought was a cool way to put it. And that's what the title track is all about. Without you is about whatever you want it to be about. Yuju said for her, she wants it to be about music, her love letter to music. So it doesn't even have to be the subject is a person. She also keeps up the full circle theme with this release because at the end of the album, the song is full circle. It's called that. And she ends the album after some fun chattering in the background behind her. She joins in on the laughter. She reaches fulfillment by the end of this sonic journey. The best live totally would be dreaming. I mean, the higher register she goes into, the way she just commands that song, live must be just next level. Onu Circle. Shout out to Sam Kim for producing this. There's an interesting mix of vibes. Onu went for like a very somber, neutral toned, serious, dramatic, ballad-esque R&B vibe for part of this release. And on the other hand, some scenes, like in the Circle video and for the content teasers, are focused on kind of a Mr. Rogers vibe with puppets and stuff and bright colors. So it makes for a mix of calm and concerned, like two different types of uh, lower key vibes, moodier vibes. Gentle guitars, piano, whatever, soundtracks both somber moments of reflection and just calm kids TV show ready lullabies. Carmel is one of the better ones, and it is definitely for fans of Bird by Hassan Woon. If you want to throw back to the shiny Story of Light era sound, check out Expectations. I could totally picture Expectations as a Story of Light bonus track. The best song actually, though, probably No Parachute. Just really good vibes for a fun car ride. Cooing, The Milky Way. This is such a smooth song from an underrated vocalist, and the visuals are just so striking. Cool outer space images, galactic images that come back at the end with an added symbol of the wings on fire. She has other colorful symbolism like eating red flowers that she spits out and now they're black. She moves them on white sheets, wearing this shimmery ensemble. She has cool silver rhinestone makeup. She's surrounded at one point by color with colorful flowers. In other scenes, just pops a color like a green outfit. She plays around with tiny blue orbs, maybe representative of the planets, the outer space Milky Way theme. There's also symbolism with the tallymark covered wall, the cocoon to butterfly moment in Technicolor, the blue butterfly. There are so many moments that can represent a bunch of different things up to your own interpretation but she uses colors and other visual cues to tell a very meaning-packed story there's a very cool under the radar rock song called life sentence by vanilla Air, and it does not waste a second it's just without a break without stopping just keeps the story going the transitions are nanoseconds long well done this song I want to recommend without knowing how, because it is such a weird, intense, odd mixture of sounds. But go check out Work, because somehow the song does work, so that works, by Sheena Ringo and Millennium Parade. Also just quirky and hard to describe but entertaining, Yoasobi's new hit, 17, love the name choice. Speaking of J-pop, Purple Kiss made their Japanese debut, with Dear Violet. And although honestly, I was hoping for more from it, what they released is nice, the song Tonari, plus versions of their hits in Japanese. I recommend this more so just to call your attention to how much they deserve their popularity, and that they're popular enough now for this Japanese debut makes me very happy. Speaking of girls who are popular enough for a Japanese debut, Kepler released Flyby. I already talked about this when the video for Wing Wing came out, which was last month, but they did a nice job. So aesthetically pleasing with light pink and blue and purple and really cute preppy outfits, bright colors in other rooms, cute pink outfits too, cool abstract paint art, so many cool visual components. They also kept it just really cute and fun with this very quirky story for I Do Do You. That's a must watch too. So even if a Kepler song is a miss for you, it is a hit when it comes to the video. You'll never regret watching that. Also want to shout out their new Japanese EP because that Emily remix of Wadada, unnecessary, but I love it so much. Way more than expected. 
BT21, BTS's animated anima alter egos, have a new video. They have an adorable story to tell about introducing the other each other to rap, and it is just the cutest thing ever, period. Go watch it. It's called Would You. White, W-H-Y-T-E, a.k.a. question mark T-E, sometimes that's how it's spelled, but it's white, released finale, a sultry jam, kind of reminiscent of Boa's style. A can't-miss, naturally danceable jam, Sonari's Just Dance Now. And an optimistic, feel-good vibe, I'm really rocking these descriptions today, for Junie's new single, Optimist, featuring Blase. If you like the happiness index recommendation, make sure you see another sweet love story with Real Love Still Exists by Henry and Yuna. In the category of just beautiful vocals, Shido with Bubble, Gemma with Writer's Block, and of course I have to shout out Hoshi for his day six cover of Hurt Road. Sayaka Yamamoto has a new live release, and it is everything. The teaser clip of the Don't Hold Me Back performance really got to me because that song is just her best single ever, and her live version I really love. Very happy to see that on the DVD. Nakt Vein, N-A-Q-T Vein, released Nakt, N-A-Q-T. Chronic is such a good song, such a good pop bop, and it's one of those that at first you think is blah. Like, it's just like, eh, it's another good catchy pop-up. Then you realize it actually is exceptionally catchy. So give it a couple plays, then you won't get it out of your head. It is better than you think. She also just has a cool visual symbol. The video has her in red as the backup dancers in black dance together blindfolded. She moves around this vast space as they dance around her. The piano player in the center. Lots to read into there, but a scene is set for sure. That may have to do with the song title, Chronic. Like, you're supposed to go back into each other's arms, but you can never see the way there to know how to do that. Thai girl group Mixed Fruit released Strawberry Ice Cream, which is a very bouncy, catchy song. It's a super likable early summer jam and just a fun girls' day out kind of video showing them sort of just chilling at a cafe, but then one starts singing, the next thing you know, it's an impromptu acapella sing-along that turns into a studio cut instead of acapella, as it tends to do in life. OSTs that really impressed were on the Tetris soundtrack. Truly, like, unexpected how much the Tetris soundtrack actually goes off. Especially Ren with the Japanese version of Holding Out for a Hero, and Espa's new song for the soundtrack, Hold On Tight. The honey-voiced Eric Nam, an all-time favorite of mine, released a remastered version of their and Back Again. The only thing that could be better is if he released something new to go with it. I hope it's coming sooner rather than later. I Chillin's new song, Alarm, totally sounds like Dreamcatcher's song, Piri, in the intro. The little flute noise in Piri is definitely somehow sampled or remixed in Alarm by I Chillin. I just had to say it. iChillin do keep their release original in other ways, though, with the premise being they are playing characters, playing characters, a video game within the video. So they sit down to play a video game, and then the video unfolds the video game's action where they have fun superpowers that shake up life at this diner, you guessed it, the Paradise Diner again, so it's a lot of fun. Bibiana, really 64, about the car, and just delivers sultry R&B. Sun, Me, and B.O. both work really well with a very retro vibe, and so together works really well for Lights Out. Through THRU and Suzo, release Siren, which just needs so many club remixes of all kinds. Very malleable, fun instrumental. Some just funky, vibey songs to brighten your mood include Love by 5 Uzi and Nono, and Funky Jumpin' by Da Ice. ATs release Limitless, a new Japanese single. The video kind of has a whole prepping for the big event energy, like pre-Hunger Games, pre-end of the world, intense training, like the battle is coming. So interesting, possible storyline addition as they sharpen their swordsmanship skills, say that 10 times fast. They are training in the gym, they use these arrows, bow and arrows, practice archery, so they are gearing up for battle. In the end, just fully dressed for that battle, whenever it comes, notably their flag color is different. It has been changing over time. Always notable. Check out my AT-specific episodes of the show where I dissect the symbolism there. But anyway, the color did change again. It's notable their flags now are blue with black stripes. 
I know I said that Canto Pop was kind of on the out compared to Mando Pop, and while I still think that may be true, that Canto Pop's peak is behind it, a counter-argument came from Jeremy Lee, who released the Canto Pop Closer. And Closer is a cool video to go with it. Basically, a woman drugs this guy on a date. That's not the cool part. But then they kind of dance romantically, question mark, in an underground space. What he's imagining in what really happened, up to interpretation. But it's interesting, and it's kind of just like a PG-13 movie compared to some of the more wholesome stuff you'll get from pop artists, so it was kind of a refreshing change of pace. And it's got a cool, very dance-ready, salsa-ready, just sonically, not what I was expecting, or story-wise. So, also you should check out the video because you can tell me if I'm right or not that Jeremy Lee in this video looks quite a bit like, not even just physically, but just personality-wise, I don't know. Something about his mannerisms remind me of the guy who would cosplay as a dad in Twilight when they were trying to blend in with the humans. That guy, he kind of looks a little like that. Gives me that little bit of that energy do with that what you will. I do want to talk about some not necessarily recommendations, just new releases that are either not my cup of tea or just leaving me confused as to how to feel about them. So ones that are kind of maybe polarizing choices with strange, strange narratives. If you just want weirdness or something very out of the box, unconventional, or just want to be a fan of projects that are not popular or are panned in some circles, here are some things I think are still worth checking out, but not necessarily because I like them. I just find them very interesting and worth sitting with story-wise. An artist named Suho released a song called IDGAF, and it's not that Suho from XO. It's someone I've never heard of under that same name. So that's kind of concerning because I was confused at first and like, hey, is that Suho from XO? No, it's not. So I don't know if that's legal right now, but he is releasing music. So just wanted to flag that. Rayon, R-A-O-N, release Like Like, which is a pretty video aesthetically, lots of bright pink and yellow, but the plot is just puzzling me. Like, all of her band members are in these animal masks, and the guys ironically act the most human when they're in the animal masks, and they act kind of rude, less well-mannered, when they're just masks off, when they're just supposed to be humans. It ends in a dance party because why not? All is forgiven despite them chasing her with a mop earlier. Quite a world wind. Speaking of strange animals, Alexa teamed up with the Bored Apes. Yes, BADS, as they're abbreviated for their music career, B-A-D-S, the NFT Apes, who now do music. The single's called Running Out of Love, and the video is a very odd partner for the song. The song's kind of about, I'm done with a relationship, I can't do this anymore, and the video's about these guys crushing on a famous cat named Fenny. They want to go see Fenny on tour, the apes fanboy over her, she visits their donut shop located in the middle of nowhere, helps drive a bunch of traffic to the now-not-failing-financially-diner type place. It's a whole thing. I don't know what's going on, what the moral is or what any of the video has to do with the song. I don't know what's going on, but keep your eyes on this trend because these bored apes really want to go places with music. They signed a deal with Universal's metaverse-focused subsidiary, which is now a thing, so... Speaking of the metaverse, Boy Band Superkind, which includes one digital member, is back, and I honestly can't help but keep being intrigued by them. I liked Watch Out, their debut, and the song Moody's pretty good too. Very interesting mix of digital and live-action storytelling. The computer-generated, basically, Web3 member, long story short, goes back in time to give the key to one of the other members as a little kid, if I'm understanding this correctly. Then flash forward to the present day after that, and that is when the action's unfolding where this character is literally cold comfort. Like, looking cold but still offering comfort and hugs, and suddenly tendrils kind of just grab him from behind, strap him to a wall, greenery starts to grow out of the wall, like he's become one with the plants and stuff, so like he's a villain that's getting caught, but he left the key to the solution, I guess, with them in the past, now they have to find it again in the present. Lots of questions, but worth keeping your eyes on this to be continued story.
I also think it's pretty cool that the logo at the beginning shows the words nuke and pride scrambled into super kind. It doesn't quite fit, actually. It's not a complete anagram, but it's a cool idea that nuke pride is kind of the mantra their story is based on. Other animated groups include Plave. They released an EP, Asterum. And then there's Girls Reverse. They released the final set of two singles from the show they were formed on. Since January, it's been airing, where famous already real people are competing in the show as their animated alter egos. Then, as their avatars, they teamed up and are this big 30-person performance group for the finale. Really don't knock this until you check out the show. It's just impressive to me behind the scenes. How much work goes into each contestant meeting with the creators of the show, the creative team, to actually be hands-on, which they were, in editing and creating a full persona, an avatar for themselves, true to themselves. I think it's safe to say it took twice the amount of time, at least, to make each episode as it would if it was just them, not them and their avatars to prepare. So tons of digital editing and experimentation was happening. Quite a feat to pull off. So with all things considered, the songs are better than expected. Not for me, but objectively okay. It's also just such an interesting project kind of worth rooting for because it's an interesting social experiment because the members are they don't use honorifics they feel freer to express themselves in a new way as they interact with other band members via avatar so the members don't even know who the other members are in person like you could be with Beyonce in the group and you have no idea it is just other famous artists who are also anonymous to others so the way that they talk to each other might differ Now, this would be a fun meta TV show of the TV show, some sort of sociological study angle to their interactions. But anyway, another animated-ish group, animated inspo group, is the one who was inspired by Sailor Moon, SG5. Hearing Inspired by Sailor Moon is music to my ears, so it got me so hyped for this group. Maybe too much so, because honestly, Fire Truck, a big letdown. Really not for me. So I really hope that was just a learning curve intro song. Also do note, though, the line distribution is set to change, apparently, drastically for future singles. So if the uneven distribution was bugging you, just hang in there for future releases. There's an artist who goes by Green, and she has an interesting, ominous delivery. She's kind of like Pixie-esque, like the girl group Pixie, in her delivery. It's hushed, it's ominous, unsettling on purpose, and strange instrumentals too. So a very just funky, one-of-a-kind artist worth checking out. She has these two new singles, Entrance and Trouble. Beautiful Noise, the company behind Cyan and Zior Park, has released an interesting connected narrative. The Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon story, as it's called, is like a two-part video with both artists doing their own version of the story, with drastically different outcomes. Zior Park's story is about... it's really hard to explain. You watch this guy kind of be flirty with this girl in a very weird neon-lit apartment, basically. It's like a high-stakes crime story. They're on the lam. It's a messy romance story. It's also like its own strange movie trailer. It's like the trailer for the kind of movie where when you ask what's it about, no one can tell you really. It's hard to summarize. It's like you just have to watch it to understand the plot. It's like that kind of concept movie they're going for. Very, very strange. And it's kind of to be continued into Science Song, Grow and Fly. That song has an interesting kind of sinister nursery rhyme feel to it with the lyrics about, hey young adventurer, why are you afraid? It almost seems like I can see another boy on your face. I said it's nothing, just the longest trip I ever did take. I just don't know how to cope with this child in my soul. Interestingly, the lyric is goodbye, but in the transcript for the music video, the lyric is go back, which is a very different context than goodbye. Not sure if that was just a fluke with the transcript or an intentional double meaning, but worth flagging anyway. Lastly, I continue to have mixed feelings, no pun intended, about NMIX. This comeback is better, objectively and subjectively, I think, than ever. Love Me Like This is their best title track yet, but their music is still not my cup of tea. 
I think the reason they're so polarizing with their music is partly because every second is full. Like when there could be seconds, nanoseconds of silence, one of them is still like, yeah, or something like that in the background. And so there's not a second of just one person. It just feels like there's so much on top of each other sonically. So I think that's overwhelming to some listeners like me, but some people love that. So I don't know. It's just not clicking with me, but I can see why some people are into it and are warming up to this group. And I will say just subjectively, although I don't care for their music, objectively, I am more impressed with them than I used to be. Their appeal is finally kind of presenting itself more to me with their narrative, which is a lot happening at once still, a lot to process, but I kind of like the story they're trying to tell. They're telling it in an incredibly eye-popping way that may have a ton of pieces, like more pieces than the full puzzle needs, but at its core, a good message. It's also a cool strategy to promote it with the series of newsletters and mini-movies of sorts they released, explaining what happened. The mixed letter talked about this green candy the store Sweet Oasis was selling that was, like, addictive, but it made everybody the same. Volume 2, they reveal Sweet Oasis is the same place that Pick and Mix used to be, which sold a wide variety of sweets. So the variety of magical sweets was replaced with one sweet that everyone wants. So you can kind of sense, yeah, the underlying theme is variety is the spice of life. We all have our own superpowers in a way, magical traits, and let's not try to all like the same stuff, all be the same, being different is special, etc., They also add another twist, and in Volume 3, reveal that they're on the case, and Enmix found out the giant cat named Monopole is working on a big long-term plan to keep that monotony a main theme of this new place. And they also reveal leaked documents that Enmix uncovered of the green candy ingredients, which include obsession, perfectionism, discrimination, hatred, fear, etc., Now they want to go find the good traits which were in the ingredient list for the pick-and-mix selection. It is a cool, cute, clever premise that helped me warm up to this group. And then Volume 4, the newsletter, revealed that this plan, more leaked docs basically came out. And the premise now is not only do they know what the green candy was doing and what Monopole is up to, but also what the long-term ramifications are intended to be with the green candy takeover. And that is to spread hatred and de-diversify the personalities of the Enser, their fandom. They also have a tip line about calling and mix news in the future with more hints. That's a cool hotline idea for future fan engagement, maybe even news alerts. That would be cool, like any other news notification, but you get an Enmix letter notification. I also like that they're getting at a bigger, meaningful context with the concept film called Dizziness of Freedom, with the monologue quote, does it come from within you or does it come from the outside? Inside freedom, we feel anxiety since we always have to make our own choices. Unheard senses that grew through the apertures of freedom to blossom a flower named growth. We must make a choice on our own once again. In the midst of endless chaos and disarray, we will eventually find the path that I truly desired, unquote. So this story in what they call Mixtopia, just getting started, and conceptually, I'm excited. Sonically, not for me, but they are a group worth investing in, I think, emotionally. As for the best English language releases, some of my favorite pop icons are still killing it. BB Rexa's club-ready banger, Call On Me. Icona Pop in the same vein, just club ready for sure, faster. Zara Larson released a beautiful acoustic version of Can't Tame Her, which is another club banger, not the acoustic version, but... Plus, Rina Sawayama released Eye for an Eye for John Wick. A pretty good OST. I know we don't call them OSTs in the West, but whatever. Another great OST, if you will, Still Alive, which was recorded for the new Scream movie that's a song from Demi Lovato. And speaking of Demi Lovato, she released a new rock version of her classic, Heart Attack. And oh my gosh, that song was meant for a rock version. Like, that song is just beyond when it's a rock version. It's just so perfectly suited for it. I really want, like, a full classic Demi Lovato album, all rock versions. Just cool for the summer rock version, Heart Attack, of course, rock remixes maybe, too. Maybe even some B-sides. I mean, Demi's voice is just so perfect for 
for rock that I just hope Demi stays in that lane. All the pop is just perfectly converted to rock. Demi Lovato's discography just lends itself to a rock pivot. So hopefully more from her in that direction. Speaking of stars defining my teenage soundtrack, Miley's back. Miley Cyrus is back with Endless Summer Vacation. Coming, it seems early, but first of all, time's a social construct and time moves fast anyway. Summer will be here before you know it. Second of all, she released it before Coachella, which for music fanatics like myself, Coachella is kind of when summer really starts. Summer starts when festival season does. So anyway... Timely or early, this album is still, I think, right on time. It really has a great range to show just her real raw power. She really is an ultimate powerhouse for our times. Such a cool, unique rasp to her voice, and it goes well with a variety of genres. My personal preferences are the dance floor-ready ones like River, but it's all just really well done. More emotional stuff in the lane of, like, Malibu, a perpetually underrated single. Well, okay, it was kind of a hit-or-miss era, but specifically the Malibu pre-release part of the full Younger Now era, that was it. So anyway, she kind of revisits past Miley eras throughout this very discography. Well done. I continue to be a fan of Tyler the Creator. He always impresses me just because he's so one of a kind and undescribable. Like it's just so hard to articulate what it is about his music that I find so fascinating that has captivated audiences worldwide. You know it when you see it and hear it. It's like alternative alternative music. Alternative rap trap hip hop R&B indie I don't know insert any genre here really alternative all of that mixed together it's sort of like an audiobook with a beat to it it's interesting meandering at times funny at times just bizarre at times where's this going narratives just he's quite a storyteller that unpredictability is still there you never know what you're gonna hear how his stories will become a soundtrack and come to life he's back with that for call me if you get lost the estate sale and it's also a pretty good era for him in terms of just being completely himself fashion wise i love Jax's single cinderella snapped it's her latest, but I really like Victoria's Secret, probably still the most. Great message about screw your body standards, basically. And she has a similar empowering attitude with Cinderella Snapped. Like, she has no time for this old sexist trope about who she should be, and she's ready to sing about it again. Really great stuff. She's the kind of artist whose messages I wish I had heard when I was growing up. In terms of punk, which I use very broadly, but... Fall Out Boy still got it on So Much for Stardust. There's a new punk group, new to me, called Meet Me at the Altar, who I really find interesting. Their new album, Past, Present, Future, a must-listen. I recommend this on TMI to get you started, but it is all just something about it. They have a cool it factor. I could definitely see them having a long career. And Set It Off is back with another great new single, Punching Bag. Set It Off continues to be just perfectly in the same wheelhouse as Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy fans. That is for you. Set It Off. Claim them as another favorite. Lastly, this is another example of a totally don't judge a book by its cover, don't knock it till you try it, new to you introduction to music. Because I had zero expectations. I don't even really know why I checked out this new song from an influencer star. But I don't know, I guess I was like, I don't know, maybe it's a good pop bop. Why not? And the why not attitude often pays off with music. You can be surprised way more than you think. And I was so pleasantly surprised by what an absolute banger this song is. Told You So by Lauren Gray. I totally underestimated that she could rock a pop song, but it's pop perfection. That's all for me today. Let me know what you guys are listening to these days. And remember, you can tell me right in the comment box directly in Spotify if that's where you're listening. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show's free newsletter so you can get the full ranking and review corresponding right up to this episode in your inbox for free, 17karatkpop.substack.com. Thank you again, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody!